Blog Talk Radio. and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. I'm stoked. Uh, 
got a couple more days, got to catch up with at work. But other than that, man, Rachel and I, we are, I mean, we are really stoked uh, because it's going to be that much fun uh, to be in Kentucky uh, with that draft, uh, meeting the guys, Eric and uh, Dave and Kurt and Leroy and, uh, you know, Kimra, uh, all of them. I mean, it just, Farrell, Jason Kahn, I mean, I just can't wait. I can't wait, Scott. Three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. This is the Red versus Blue Show, brought to you by the FantasySportsChannel dot com. Twenty four hours, seven days a week, fantasy sports action on the FSC dot FM. We stream live on iTunes Radio, and you can call us up at again three four seven three two four five four zero four. Mike Chad Schroeder is our guest tonight, the number four ranked player in the world, the high stakes fantasy manager. Some would argue that he is the top fantasy player in the world. Mike, the accolades, they continue on and on for Chad. He won the World uh, Championship of Fantasy Baseball, the unfortunate fiasco over at the WCOF a couple years ago. He was the inaugural champion for the FFPC, the Fantasy Football Players Championship. He's uh, He took down the NFFC primetime, the first ever to win in a, a high-stakes event in two different uh, you know contests, the NFFC primetime, 100 grand there. And now he's in line to win the the National Fantasy Baseball Championship over over uh, at the NFBC guys by stats. He he just does it all, Mike. And he's in uh, you know I don't know 100 plus leagues or so. He has a couple of guys to help him out. He does this for a living, and it just goes to show you that the best guys every year do rise to the top. Well, you know absolutely, and uh, I I really would love to pick his brain. Uh, you know, not tonight as far as fantasy baseball, uh, because I'm in a, you know, I'm really trying to get into the playoffs myself, uh, in a, in a local, uh, fantasy baseball league, but I would like to pick his brain as far as fantasy baseball, but, uh, how versatile he is, you know, to, to be able to do the, uh, fantasy baseball and then the fantasy football. I mean, because let's face it, uh, you know, he'll tell you right now, uh, when he comes on the show, fantasy baseball is, it's no joke. It's not. It's not easy. And uh, but to be able to juggle all those balls and to be good at every one of them, I mean, that's pretty awesome. He is. He, he is actually the phenom of fantasy sports. I do believe if we have one, that is a that's the definition, Mike. We've got the segments as always. The risers and fallers. We've got the rapid fire tonight, Mike. We went to the Kentucky Fantasy Football Championship. Let's start there. The KFFSC Farrell Elliott. Uh, puts on a fantastic event, a prelude, if you will, to Vegas. And it's in our hometown. It's in our neck of the woods, uh, right there on the, across the bridge from Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, Louisville, not Louisville, not Louisville, it's Louisville. Uh, right there, man, at the Horseshoe Casino. And they put on a great event. It just gives you the feeling of Las Vegas at the high-stakes event, and they do a great job. Mike, you had a, a tremendous run last year, a top-five finish in that contest. It earned you a seat at the Fantasy Football Players Championship this year at the High Stakes Main Event League, and right. you've got a seat, seat at the Rio. How does it feel to be going to Vegas on courtesy of the KFFSC? Well, i tell you what, it, it feels great, Scott, and, you know, we've talked about it on a couple of uh, other shows, but, you know, it feels great uh, The the bottom line is it wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for Farrell and uh, Dave Gerzak and Alex uh, Kaganowski. I mean, these guys, you know, they've all come together. Uh, they, you know, they formed a, 
you know, a nice group. And but I tell you what, Farrell Elliott, uh, I can't say enough about him and how he's uh, made that thing grow. I mean, it, it was in a uh, garage basically at a Holiday Inn, and now it's in uh, at, at the Horseshoe Casino, and it's a very nice venue, very nice place. And uh, you know, we were uh, we were lucky enough to uh, have a good team. So uh, you know, that that's all it takes. Just jump in there and uh, get it done, and uh, next thing you know, you're on your way to Vegas. And that's what uh, that's what Rachel and I did. So I'm very uh, very proud and lucky, uh, proud and lucky at the same time. But uh, you know, proud to be uh, associated with an entire group. Yeah, half on. that team. We have to give credit to Rachel Heverin, your co-host, your partner in crime, and we have to give credit, Mike. Where, with all due respect, at number six last year, Ray Rice falls in your lap. You can't turn it down and. And you just build a draft from there. It, a team is a lot more than one pick. That got the mojo off to the right field, and that gives you that that confidence throughout the rest of the draft to say, "Man, this is going my way." So, congratulations to you, and I look forward to uh, seeing where you're going to be drafting. Hopefully, we're not in the same league. It'd be a shame. Jordan Shipley. The Bucks have announced they have cut Jordan Shipley. Not that he was going to be a fantasy factor. Vincent Jackson. Uh, a lot of love has been given to Vincent Jackson over the last couple of weeks. Apparently. Uh, there's a lot of mojo there with Josh Freeman, so we'll like to see that. Mike Williams as the number two. They bring in Dallas Clark. They ship off Kellen Winslow to Seattle. And now they have the fresh legs in the backfield uh, with Doug Martin, who has been uh, climbing up some draft boards. He's, he's definitely a surefire third rounder, if not late second rounder by the time Vegas gets here. you got to remember, for all you guys that have been drafting in the FPC and the high-stakes leagues, you have to remember the week before Vegas versus when you get to Vegas. The running backs start going up. They, everything starts pushing up. You're starting running backs. There's a, they're at a premium, and people do fall back on the security blanket, the safety blanket, if you will, of the running back position. I know a lot of people get risky, and a lot of people try a lot of different things in these other leagues, these satellite leagues, these intro leagues, draft master leagues, the freebies. But when you get to Vegas, Mike, one thing you do want to realize, you want to kind of throw out your ADP, throw it out the window, because when you got somebody spending $1,600, you know, upwards of two grand on a team, they fall back on the running back position, especially when you can draft and start four of them every week. The running backs will go. Just bank on it. You better get them, because the wide receiver value is going to fall. If you go wide receiver too early, you're going to end up with huge question marks at the running back position. It can work. But you're not going to feel real good about it when you leave Vegas, Mike. Yeah, you know what, Scott? Uh, I've noticed that, uh, and I've also also noticed that the uh, the quarterbacks are really flying up the chart. Uh, you know, you got you got a couple quarterbacks that are really going up, and uh, you know, I thought Calvin Johnson. I mean, I thought he'd be a, a solid uh, five pick. Right now, Calvin Johnson. Uh, you know, you never know. I mean, he may fall as far as. Uh, seven or eight uh, in in a lot of drafts because Aaron Rodgers, he's gone up so much. And uh, to be honest with you, so is uh, Tom Brady and Drew Brees. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a different situation right now. It's a quarterback-driven draft. And I think everybody yep. else needs to understand that. It's quarterback-driven. We have the crew here, the chat room here at Red vs. Blue. We affectionately call the crew some of the best minds in the world of high-stakes fantasy football. Mike, I'm going to jump right to 
tonight's rapid fire. It's one of the things that we do here at Red vs. Blue. Tonight's rapid fire is all about the draft and the running back position. You have those first five backs that pretty much the high stakes community has kind of anointed as their top five. Obviously, Ray Rice, McCoy, and Foster in some order. And then you have the Calvin Johnson pick that a lot of people take, although our very own John Rozek was on our show a couple weeks back, and he did say he would take both McFadden and Chris Johnson before Calvin Johnson. When somebody like John Rozek says that, you got to listen. He, and, he, and he said, look, it's not that those guys are going to outscore Calvin Johnson, but you lock in that running back, and the wide receiver value is there this year. You can't dispute that fact. Very hard to take Calvin Johnson when the other rounds, the running backs aren't going to be there. You're going to have to count on you know, these, uh, these later round picks, these running backs, the Reggie Bushes and Roy Hillouz and Frank Gores, uh, possibly Willis McGahees to carry your running back position. And if you feel good about that, great. The wide receivers can work out for you in the beginning, but it, if you don't feel good about it, which most people don't, you almost have to take that lesser player at running back, which is something that people are noticing. If you do that, Mike, you're already behind the eight ball of those first three teams. The first three teams, make no mistake about it, there is a definite edge to having a top three pick this year. You get one of the top three backs, the McCoy, Rice, or Foster, and you get two dominant stud wide receivers. Let's not even talk about the quarterback or tight end position for, for a second. If you're just looking at running back to wide receiver, you're behind the eight ball. You could take a Julio Jones and an A.J. Green in the first two rounds, and, you know, great. And you're going to get a good running back, a decent running back in the third, maybe a Steven Jackson, a Fred Jackson, a Trent Richardson, something like that. But the running back position, they've already got an edge, and you can't dispute that a Brandon Marshall, Percy Harvin is much worse than a Julio or AJ. You might be, you might have them higher, but a Larry Fitzgerald and a Cruz, or a Wes Welker and a and a Jordy Nelson or a Colston, those guys, it's still going to give you such a nice start to a draft at that top three position. You're sitting in, you know, you're sitting real pretty, and we've seen this time and time again from those top three spots this year. It really is holding true. Most high stakes fantasy players that get the chance. When they can rank their KDS, we call it KDS, the Kentucky Derby-style uh, ranking system for the for your draft slots. They're going one, two, three, Mike, and, and that's no coincidence because they like the look of the team after those first three or four rounds. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, there's uh, you have to uh, look at these guys that you put in the rapid fire, uh, you know, Darren Sproles, DeMarco Murray, Trent Richardson, Marshawn Lynch, Matt Forte. You know, these are guys that, you know, they can fit, fit perfect, And uh, but which one do you take? I mean, how how solid are they going to be? How comfortable do you feel about taking them, depending on where they, where they fit into your uh, scheme of things? So, it's, you know, it's going to be fun as far as that, uh, as far as that goes, I, you know, I, I don't know right now. I mean, I've got them ranked uh, from one to five, but who's to say one could be one's one today and five could be one tomorrow. So you never know. Red versus blue brought to you by FPA radio, the fantasy players association.com. We did announce uh, this week that our very own Mike Santos, one of the board members at the FPA will be doing weekly chats uh, with the fantasy players association community uh, that'll be either on Facebook or on the message boards. We're, we're still playing that out, but it's still going to be some fun. You can submit your questions to the FPA, info at fantasyplayersassociation.com. 
You can submit the questions here, redblueradio at gmail.com, the Red Blue Radio inbox. And basically what we want from Mike is just to, you know, give us give us uh, some feedback on some of the things that are going on with the games. It could be waivers. It could be starting lineups. It could be injuries. Do I sit them? Do I start them? Those are the types of things that Mike is going to uh, help the players out with this year. We couldn't ask for a better participant than Mike Santos because uh, we do if, – if you didn't get a chance earlier tonight at 10 o'clock Eastern every Friday night, the High Stakes Fantasy Hour brought to you by Dave Gerzak and Eric Boltman. Mike was on the show, did a fantastic job, and uh, we, we're just thrilled and stoked that he'll be able to do that for us this year. Look, it might be a 30-minute chat. Uh, it just depends on how it goes, but it's a great opportunity – for the FPA to get out there and give the players uh, some of the best in the world of high-stakes fantasy football. So thank you to Mike. And we'll get some other people involved, too. We've already gotten a couple of requests, and we have some great board members that will be absolutely fantastic at that as well. But uh, we're stoked to have uh, Mike Santos, Coyote Streakers, uh, doing that for us and the FPA. So, Mike, let's go ahead and get your rapid fire for this week. Again, you missed out on the top five backs. Let's rank the next five. You have to get one. No matter if you think they're going to be performing less than those stud-wide receivers, you really have to pick up one of these guys. Otherwise, you don't have that anchor, Mike. So the rapid fire this week is rank them. DeMarco Murray, Marshawn Lynch, Matt Forte, Trent Richardson, the rookie for Cleveland, and Darren Sproles, the phenom, gets out in open space for the New Orleans Saints. Mike, that's your five. Rank them. Okay, no problem. Uh, I'll go ahead and uh, take Matt Forte, number one. Uh, I, I really think Matt Forte is going to have a solid season. I, I expect a lot of good stuff out of him uh, in Chicago. I think Chicago is going to be very versatile uh, with the uh, run and catch. I mean, that it's going to really open it up for them. Uh, I put DeMarco Murray at number two. The, the, reason, I, the reason I did that was because I, I – They've got to develop a running game, and the only the only way they're going to make the playoffs and be successful in moving forward in the playoffs, uh, being the Cowboys, is if they develop that running game. So they've got to do that with DeMarco Murray. Uh, Marshawn Lynch. I put Marshawn Lynch at three. Uh, Darren Sproles at four. And Trent Richardson at five. It was it – was, Kind of a flip flop between uh, Sproles and Richardson, uh, between four and five. But man, these, Richardson, this guy is a fragile guy, so I'm just kind of kind of scared about him. But uh, I like fourteen one, Demarco Murray two, uh, Marshawn three, Darren Sproles four, and Trent Richardson five. All right, Mike, that is the rapid fire for Red versus Blue. You heard it right there from the Big Blue co-host. I've got a couple of. Uh, rapid fires from the Twitter community. We've got Ryan McDowell, Ryan MC23, a definite must follow uh, over at the guys at Dynasty League Football. Forte, Sproles, Lynch, Trent Richardson, and Murray fifth. Interesting to see Forte at the top once again. Uh, Speak 3D, he goes by Scott. Speak 3D on Twitter. He goes Forte, Sproles, Murray, T. Rich, and Lynch. So yet another. Forte, Sproles, 1-2 combination. Finally, Matt Bingham, uh, MWB27, another fantasy freak. He goes Sproles, Forte, Murray, T-Rich, and Lynch. So we have Forte and Sproles kind of at the top, bouncing around. 
And then you oh. have the other guys. Looks like Lynch is there's a it's, it's kind of undecided. It's kind of jumbled up. Oh, we just got another one. Kyle Schwags, K underscore Schwags writes in Forte, Murray, Sproles, Richardson, and Lynch. Mike, it looks like the love is still there for Forte. He scares me a little bit just because of my boy Michael Bush, you know, from the Ville. They're talking about using him at the goal line. They're talking about having two 1,000-yard rushers. They absolutely like what they have in Michael Bush, Mike. How much of a factor is that going to be in the season when games are on the line? Well, I think I think it could be a factor, but uh, uh, the one thing about it is Chicago Bears, they're, they're there to win right now. And uh, Michael Bush, I mean, he's going to be a part of the game, but uh, – when it boils down to it, Michael or uh, Forte, I mean, he's going to be, he's going to have every bit of what's going on, and uh, I could see uh, Michael Bush being, uh, you know, being being a back that it's going to contribute here and there. But let's face it, uh, Forte, Forte's a guy. He just gets his contract and then bam, you know. Yeah, I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just looking. For- looking for it and, uh, and I'm just kind of gun shy on the whole right. forte. So, so let me give you mine real quick and we're going to get Chad's here and that's the one we really want to get tonight. But the rapid fire for me, go DeMarco Murray. Love the guy. I think this is uh this is going to be his breakout year. He had a breakout couple of games last year, but this is the year he puts it all together. He is known to be injured. A lot of these backs, it's very hard to get through the season. Murray does have a little bit of a stand-up style to him and we saw it in college for Oklahoma. He had all the potential in the world after his freshman year, they thought, wow, this is one of the guys that if you're, if you're in those dynasty leagues that allow the college developmental players, he was going right there in the top three. Um, but if I had to take it, I'd go Murray, then Sproles. I think he's very safe, uh, regardless if the coach is there or not for the Saints. I think Sproles will still again be used just like he was last year. He's so dangerous. And that offense, let's face it, Mike, when you have a Drew Brees back there, it makes things so much easier on the running back to really get loose. We do know and appreciate the love that Mark Ingram's going to get this year. Obviously, Pierre Thomas will still be involved as well. But right. but we do think that Mark Ingram's going to get a lot of goal line this year. The guy looks strong. If he's healthy, that's going to be there. But Sproles isn't the guy to kind of punch him in anyway. He's the guy to score out and get the and, and take advantage of the PPR system. So I rank a Murray, Sproles, Forte, T. Rich, and then Lynch. And again, Lynch... Uh, it's just going to be hard to duplicate what he did last year. He was a touchdown machine. I mean, he was a touchdown monster. But can he do it again? The touchdowns is the one thing that in fantasy football you really can't predict year to year, Mike. You could go from 15, 18 touchdowns one year to five. I mean, you remember D'Angelo Williams played a full season and didn't get the touchdowns that he got the year before. Not much else changed. It just happens that way. It's very situational and game situational. So, you look at that's, Gronk and you know, he touchdowns every that. year, but it's just something you can't predict every single year. No, you're absolutely right. And every one of those guys uh, that's on that list, you can't predict a 30-yard touchdown run, a 50-yard touchdown run. And it seems like that's what uh, guys like Sproles, uh, DeMarco Murray, uh, Marshawn Lynch, that's what they do. I mean, they're not going to bang it in from, you know, this person go from the two. I mean, yeah, you, every once in a while you're going to get it from them, but most of the time their touchdown runs come from, uh, you know, outside of uh, 10 yards. So, I mean, they just banging in from uh, – or not banging in, but they run in from uh, – it's a good distance away. So, tough tell. 
Mike, we do have a lot to cover tonight. Again, Chad Schroeder will join us for the second half of the program, somebody that we always like to have. We do want to look at the risers and fallers of the drafts going on. I did participate in a Football Guys Players Championship draft just the other night, Mike, and I tell you, these things are so addictive and so fun. Mike brought it up on the show. It's one of those things you have to you have to just experience. FF, or The FPC always puts out a product that every draft looks a little different every single time you do one, and that's what makes it so addicting. And when I looked at this draft uh, and I had the opportunity to – uh, reflect on it, I, I came to the conclusion that, look, no matter how much you like that wide receiver, if you're in the second half of the draft, you really need to take that running back just to have that anchor. I took Julio Jones at 10. I came back with A.J. Green. I felt great about that. Third round, Mike, Wes Welker's still there at 310. I can't turn it down no matter how much I need a running back, okay? So I'm I, I'm committed now at this point. Because the value fell and the running backs went early, I've got Julio, Green, and Welker. You know who's sitting there at 4-3? Cam Newton. So I'm like, okay, you know what? It's the fourth round. I could take a Reggie Bush or a Cam Newton. It's a no-brainer, Mike. you got to go ahead and get the stud and then cross your fingers on the running back. So I needed an anchor. I took McGahee. He was still there. Thank God he was still there because I had to have an anchor, and I really feel like McGahee's going to be able to hold it down. I then then followed up with a Torrey Smith, and then, Mike, five of my next six picks are just firing away at running back. C.J. Spiller, Ryan Williams. Mikel LaShore, Shane Vereen, Kendall Hunter, those are the types of guys I'm hoping that I can just play matchups, get an injury here or there, plug them into the lineup, and hopefully pair them with McGahee. Is it strong enough at running back? Probably not, and that's what I came away with. I could I could definitely have the wide receivers there later if I would have just taken a DeMarco Murray over a Julio Jones, but I, I could have taken Julio and came back with, instead of Green, maybe taken Darren Sproles there or Forte. And I'd have felt a whole lot better about the draft. And I could have let the draft come to me rather than chasing the position. That's very difficult to do when you get into the to the to the practice of chasing a position, Mike. You you really you, you don't let the draft come to you. And I hate I to be gonna, in that position. I was gonna ask you, Scott, I mean, you know, it sounds like you were chasing the position, uh, because the position you're talking about that you drafted so much was wide receiver, and that's the most you know that that position has the most most depth, and uh, that surprises me that you went after wide receiver really hard because, you know, I I, I mean I can see wide receiver depth all day long, but uh, you know obviously you wanted you wanted guys and went after them. Kind of what it is, Mike. You, you you take a guy like a Julio and an AJ Green. They have explosive upside. And then you yeah. pair it with a Wes Welker. You know, it's 173 targets. Very hard to turn down. I, I bet you he leads the league, if not number two to Calvin Johnson, in targets again. And so it's just one of those things. You, you look at that and you're like, man, it, 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 Mike Santos alluded to it. You, you start looking at the player rather than team construction. And it's something that you really need to get your experience with in the preseason so that when those drafts happen in Vegas and you're on the clock, you can think about team construction. Very important point that Mike Santos brought up on the High Stakes Fantasy Hour uh, just this past hour. So you do want to look at that and, and don't fall into the same trap. Now, can it work out? It absolutely can. It's called going for broke. And it's one of the things that I considered in the FPC format. You have 4,000 teams in this thing, if not more, Mike. And so you're going to need a little bit of luck. You're going to need to hit some gold with some running backs. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to take the higher scoring guy 
and I'm going to cross my fingers that my team construction at running back works out. Will it work? No telling, right. you know. Uh, but that that was the that was the deal. Let's talk about risers and fallers, Mike. Risers and fallers who we're seeing uh, make some big moves in the draft as we're coming to Vegas. The risers that I identified uh, first off was Eric Decker, Mike. It was the one game we needed to see from Peyton Manning. It was the same game we needed to see from Eric Decker. These two guys hooked up. They talked about it in camp all year that these two guys were going to find each other. And the one game he throws out there and gets two touchdowns in the first half, it told us, hey, don't forget about Eric Decker. He may be, uh, he may not be one of the names that you uh, really remember from last year in courtesy of Tim Tebow. <laughs> but now with Peyton Manning, this guy is for real. So we're seeing him go uh, as we speak in current ADP uh, in the fourth round, early to mid-fourth, Mike. That's a really high price. Do you pay it? Uh, you know, you got to, you got to, uh, Eric Decker and that whole offense, uh, you have to, um, I don't know if I would pay it that high though. I got to see that offensive line, uh, perform for, uh, for Peyton and, uh, see what happens with that. Another three guys that I'm looking at, uh, to be honest with you, Scott, that, uh, have kind of, you know, they kind of give me questions about rising and falling. Uh, and one is uh, Ryan Matthews. What's yeah. your thoughts on Ryan Matthews? <laughs> what are my thoughts? I mean, uh, other than the fact that he's made from glass, right? His nickname is Mr. Glass. And um, he is going in the third round now uh, pretty religiously. Yeah. Um, he, I, I have seen him sneak up into the second. Still, Some people still will take the chance on him. But you've got the Ronnie Brown starting there in the first couple of weeks. And you know that Ryan Matthews, I mean, his first play of the of the preseason, he, he's out, you know, uh, with the collarbone. So you, you have to be, you have to know what you're getting with Ryan Matthews. He was a guy that people were tagging as the number four player on the board because he did make it through last year. You do have to remember he played a pretty good, healthy year last year. So third round, I'm pretty comfortable with. Do I want to do that in the second? I really don't. But Mike, I, I think what we really want to know is, would a Chad Schroeder take Ryan Matthews in the second round. So let's bring him on, Chad. Thank you for being on Red vs. Blue. You've been drafting all night, man. What's going on? How's it going, Scott? Good to hear from you, man. Tell us Busy about night. your draft tonight. Uh, it was uh, some smaller ones, and then uh, my partner Nelson was doing a, a $2,500 Super League in New York that I was following along with, too, so. Chad Schroeder, uh, everybody, everybody knows the name by now, the number four ranked fantasy manager uh, as recognized by footballdiehards.com. Numerous accolades. We don't want to talk about that kind of stuff because we've done that so many times before, Chad. We want to talk about uh, a couple of things. We're talking about risers and fallers tonight. We had, uh, we've, we've already brought up Eric Decker being drafted in the mid-fourth now. Uh, we're now talking about Ryan Matthews. Uh, give the give the red versus blue listeners a little bit of uh, talk about Ryan Matthews. Is he a guy that you'll take? Well, obviously you'll take him. Where would you take him? Um, it sort of depends on the the game. I'm more willing to take him on in a main event probably than a big satellite league. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you're trying to win a main event, you know, you need some upside guys, and you know, he can provide some of that. Then you also need to keep in mind, you know, the length of the regular season 
in the particular game. You know, some are 13 weeks, some are 11 weeks. You know, he, if he misses a couple, three games, you know, that makes a big difference in the length of the regular season. These are the things that we need to consider. That's exactly what Mike Santos last hour was talking about with team construction. You have to look at the contest. Uh, the short the short seasons by the FFPC, the 11-week season, every week counts. Head-to-head is very important, and you need to have those wins. No matter what you score in points, you do want to be competitive there, but wins are very important to get you into the playoffs. Uh, so let's talk about the tonight's rapid fire, Chad. Uh, tonight's rapid fire, if we miss the top five running backs, uh, we had John Rozek on the show last week, one of the top players. You know him well. Uh, he said, look, I pass on Calvin, and I take Chris Johnson and McFadden. So let's start there. Do you make that same decision? Do you pass on Calvin and take a Chris Johnson or a McFadden to lock down that running back because of the tremendous depth at wide receiver this year? It's really, really hard to do. But, uh, again, depending on the format, do you need FFPC, you know, when – you potentially can go with lineups that uh, include two wide receivers. Um, I might need more long to try there. Um, games where you need to play three wide receivers. Um, I'm probably uh, I'd probably just go ahead and take Calvin over the four anybody but those top three guys. Yeah, it's, it's a good point. If you have a league where you start three wide receivers, the wide receiver is at a premium. Uh, makes it much more important to grab. So let's talk about the tonight's rapid fire. The top five running backs are off the board, Chad. Uh, we, we, we're labeling number four and five, Chris Johnson and McFadden in some order, if that's okay with you. So the next five that we put on the table were DeMarco Murray, Marshawn Lynch, who had a fabulous season last year, Matt Forte, who finally did get the contract that he so rightfully deserved, Trent Richardson, the rookie, I'd love to hear your thoughts on uh, drafting rookies that early and Darren Sproles, the PPR machine. Can you can you talk uh, about those five and rank those for us here tonight? Well, to be honest with you, um, there's some concerns with each of them. Um, everybody knows that, though. They don't need me to tell them that. Um, I pretty much uh, try to draft those types of players. Um, you know, let's face it, everybody uh, – you know, fantasy football players are getting really, really good these days. And, uh, you know, some people think I'm one of the better players. That's fine, but I I don't. Um, I'll let these people, uh, you know, the masses are good at developing the order that these guys should be coming off the board. So I just try to draft them in the order, you know, that they generally come off the board because you never know if, uh, if you do that, you might get another one on the wraparound. So, so AD, and that, that puts yeah. Murray at the top, obviously. Um, he's going ahead of all those guys easily. So, Well, that does make sense. Yeah, if you if you allow ADP to, uh, to, to take hold there, you are going, you are going to give your, yourself a shot. If any of those guys – so none of those guys really stand out to you as guys that are target guys for you, or is that stuff that you hold close to the vest this close to Vegas? Um, you know, I, I'm not – going to say too much, but uh, Murray Murray's a guy that uh, I have interest in, and again, he, it's sort of like Matthews, you know, he's sort of glass man, but um, if he stays healthy, you know, he's probably going to be pretty good. Um, 
so, you know, I'm willing to take on an explosive guy like that um, that should catch a lot of passes and a good athlete. And um, In a main event, I'm more willing to do so than than a big satellite league probably. Um, but, again, it goes back to what you were getting at with that, uh, you know, Mike and, and John were – sounds like they were talking about I didn't get to – actually hear it, but uh, if you think that you're going to be able to find some capable wide receivers through the, you know, the three through five rounds or whatever, and you're comfortable with those guys, then uh, maybe you do take a Murray or, you know, if you like Forte or Sproles, you know, whichever one you're comfortable with, it it might work out better for you to to go ahead and take the back and then – see what falls to you at wide receiver and, and go with the wide receivers and at least have one good running back in the full. We're talking with Chad Schroeder here tonight. Uh, everybody knows the the name by now, the FFPC inaugural champion, the WCFB fiasco champion, the 200 grand there. Uh, we, we were, we, we definitely saw you on ESPN and, and, and all that, but we're going to, we're going to talk about the lighter moments here. What you're doing at the NFFC, you, you won the primetime there, and now you're at the NFBC, uh, the baseball championship, and you're in line to take it down. It can, is this something that's going to – do you see it continuing? Does it still need a lot of luck? It feels pretty good to no. be, be at the top, man. Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to win. Um, but it's been fun, but uh, too many injuries. I just can't – my lineup's just not near good enough to hang in there much longer. So. But I'll give it. I'll do the best I can. But I don't. I don't think so. I've 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 heard this line before, Mike. But <laughs> so we're not we're not going to put uh, anything any daggers in the uh, in the coffin, so to speak, here for Chad. He 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 sort of has this knack for rising from the ashes, and did it last year at the FFPC. Came out of uh, and and started climbing late. So uh, good luck to you there. Now, <clears throat> Chad, we also have uh, the fallers that we need to talk about. We talked about Eric Decker. Uh, Rashad Jennings has been fall, uh, rising up ever since the MJD news. Is MJD a guy that he's been he's, he's he's totally made our fallers list. He's he's going fourth round now. Is this a guy that you're just still cross your fingers? Most high stakes guys that I've known over the years, my Chad, and we played for years now. They always say don't look at the holdout situations because the players always sign. Do you still feel that way about this MJD situation? This one feels a little different. This one's. Uh... That's tricky for me. I mean, I can say that I, I've probably drafted about, you know, maybe 60 teams or something so far, and I, I think I have him on like two or three of them. But those are probably teams that were I was drafting very early in the drafting season. I've been staying away for the most part. Um, I do think though, with a guy like him, that I think he is a guy that you know, will take care of his body. Um, like Bo came back in time, um, but a guy like that that I believe was a little lazier, if that would have drug on, I'd be real hesitant to be taking a guy like Bo, but I believe MJD will uh, is, is probably keeping himself in really good shape. So, you know, people say that those types of players always get hurt and never work out. I, I do think that if MJD signs um, – he will at least keep himself in, in good enough shape where I, I doubt he'll get hurt. Um, but then you do have uh, 
you know, Jennings looks okay. So, you know, is Jennings going to – did he earn himself a big enough role to, to make MJD a little less useful anyway? So that's another thing to keep in mind. But when he's going in the fourth round, you know, if you want to take on that risk, it, it can pay off huge. And, again, I'd be more willing to do that in a main event or a, especially like the football guys game when, you know, you got to beat like 4,000 teams or whatever. Um, the smaller the entry fee, the more I'm willing to take on the risk, and that's probably the – and I've noticed that the bigger the league, the later he falls. So I think a lot of people are – on that point. Chad, we have a question here that hit the red blue radio uh, inbox from rad is bad. Antonio Brown or Mike Wallace, Antonio Brown is being drafted in the fourth. Mike Wallace now in the fifth. Who's going to have a bigger season. I prefer probably Antonio Brown at this point. Um, He's, you know, he's been in camp. He's learned the offense. He's, by default, you know, Roethlisberger's learned to get more used to him because Wallace hasn't been there. Um, I think Wallace is the the better athlete, and, but, you know, Antonio Brown is a good athlete too. He's fast and he knows how to run routes. So I, I like Antonio Brown, um, but, you know, both of them have their spots. If You know, you never know what draft who's going to fall to where. So I'm open-minded to – to either of them, as I am most all those wide receivers in that whole area, um, if any of them fall, I'm willing to take most of that big group of wide receivers. Mike's been pretty quiet over here. Mike, usually are chomping at the bit to ask Chad a question. Do you have anything lined up for him? Because I could go all night on this. <laughs> Did we lose Mike? No, it's just us, Chad. Talk to me uh-huh. about... Uh, Talk to me about Kenny Britt, this one-game suspension that just came out, man. Um, you, you have to think that going from an eighth, ninth-round pick now to a fifth and sixth, people are saying, you know what, if Kenny Britt's in the game with a Jake Locker, this is going to make a lot more sense. This is a guy that was going third round before the uh, the latest arrest over the summer. Uh, what do you think about a Kenny Britt this year with a uh, newfound uh, quarterback in Jake Locker? Boy, that's a, that's a tough one. Um I don't know. I'm, I'm still worried. I'm more worried about his knee than I am the suspension. And I was drafting him, planning on a suspension, and not really caring if he had a, a two, three-game suspension because he's more of a guy that I can see winning, get, getting me over the hump when the playoffs roll around. If you can figure out a way to get there without relying on him too heavily in the early going. Um, I think he might be a little limited in the early going, but if you can figure out a way to survive until he comes around, you know, he could be a big-time difference maker where he's in relation to the receivers he's going around. Um, but, you know, there's hey, good Chad? players to be had there. So, am I, am, am I back on now? You're back, bud. What happened? All right, well, apparently. Apparently, I hit mute or something. I, I tried to jump in a couple times, and uh, I've enjoyed uh, listening to you, Chad and Scott. Uh, you know, I had a bunch of questions about the Forte, Sproles, DeMarco Murray, uh, Richardson, Lynch, and this type of deal. Uh, one thing, uh, one question I want to ask about you, Chad, is uh, 
Adrian Peterson, you know, rising, you know, we're talking about rising and falling, this and that. Uh, I, I, I see Adrian Peterson maybe kind of falling a little bit. Uh, you know, so uh, give me your thoughts on uh, Adrian Peterson real quick. Boy, you guys are asking me about all these injured guys, and that's that's rough. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. You're asking me about. I got asked about MJD and then Britt and then uh, Peterson yeah. all right in a row. I'm not a. How am I supposed to know? Um, I don't know. Again, you know, Peterson's a guy that goes in various spots of different drafts, so I'm not going to be a guy that's ever you know, targeting him, per se, and reaching up for him. But, you know, it's, I'd probably be willing to, to draft him, even though I haven't too often this year. But It's the most um, challenging part, Chad. This year, it seems more than anything, there's so many question marks around all these guys, and the question becomes not if you draft them, but when you draft them, because these guys end up falling to you, and you're like, everybody else is passing on them. Maybe I should, too. I don't want to be that guy, okay? I don't want to be the guy that drafts MJD. I don't want to be the guy that drafts Adrian Peterson. But it seems like you get pushed to a challenge. You get pushed to a test. And you could just let that happen to somebody else. I mean, there's always this brittle guy coming around, Ryan Matthews or Kevin Smith. You know, all all these guys have question marks, it seems like, this year. And you, you almost have to avoid them. They do have high upside. And everybody wants to, you know, take down the thing. They want to take it down by, by taking the risk. But risk management is something you have to pay attention to. Yeah, and it, it really is, and and it goes beyond just uh, it goes beyond just you got to look at the big picture. How many teams are you playing? How many dollars worth of teams are you playing? Um, for somebody like me that you know has 150 teams or whatever I got somewhere around there, um, it makes more sense to sprinkle in Peterson or MJD, you know, every once in a while if they slip, but. You know, if a guy's uh, doing two or three leagues and, say, he's doing a main event and uh, maybe another league or two, you know, I'd probably uh, try to stay away from MJD or, or a Peterson in that scenario. Um, why ruin your season with a, a risky pick like that um, if you're only going to be doing a couple leagues? Mike, people think well, I'm crazy for doing 20 leagues, and here's Chad doing 150. Yeah. Well, Chad, let, let, let me throw uh, let me throw something out to you and Scott uh, both real quick. Uh, you guys just talked about question marks. So, what I'm thinking is the non-question marks are Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, and Tom Brady. So why why don't they go one, two, three? That's a fair question, and. Uh... I do, I'm trying to figure out the best way to go. Um, and, again, it really comes down to the format, um, six or four for touchdown, um, although that does get overplayed a little bit, I feel like, because um, it's not like it's not like Brady and Rodgers and Breeze are getting uh, six a touchdown and the rest of the quarterbacks aren't. Um, so, I don't, you know, it's, it's a – but they're a very safe pick, you know. If you don't like what is available to you in the first round, you know, you can make it work doing that, and then and then you don't have to worry about trying to take a second backup quarterback um, very early. And 
just let the draft fall to you. Take the best player available from there. Um, I've seen good teams develop doing that, and I've seen uh, good teams develop by not doing that and uh, getting a pretty good quarterback in the ninth or tenth round. Chad, you know that Red vs. Blue broadcasts live from Indianapolis, and Andrew Luck has been the talk of the town here. The kid has tremendous footwork. He's looked like a pro for, since day one. I heard Coach uh, Dungy talking about him, how he had such command of the offense. He he made the right reads every time. He threw the right throws. And and he said that was on the first day of practice. And and that's what it seems like it's been for Andrew Luck and the story of this kid can he be trusted as your QB1 if you miss the boat and you don't get one of those top quarterbacks uh, in your 10, 11, 12 in? Can he be trusted as a number one? I'm uh, trying to avoid trusting him as a number one, um, but I do like him as a complimentary piece if uh, you end up with one of those um, guys like you know Peyton Manning or Rivers or – Roethlisberger or, or whoever, or even if you end up with Vic and you feel like you need an adequate guy to, to pair with him. Um, I do have some concerns when the, you know, and let's face it, he was facing a lot of vanilla defenses in the preseason. Um, but that's Steelers, D. He's going he's gonna to go through a few growing pains when he starts seeing some of these blitzes. Um, but I do think he's a pretty smart guy for you know for a rookie, so that'll be interesting to see how he can handle all the sophisticated blitzes that are going to be coming his way. But they they don't appear to be able to run the ball all that well. Um, yeah, and they're they're going to be behind in most games, so could be a you know a guy that puts up a lot of garbage in the second half. That's what I think. I think he's I think he's destined for a good second half, man, because. Uh, you're not going to run the ball a lot when you're down 14 or 17 points. Let's face it. I think the Vegas over-under on that team, did, did it move up to four now with with the showing in the preseason, or is this still three and a half? I know that's, that's kind of where you got your start, right? You weren't you weren't fantasy football from the get-go. Weren't you Weren't you more in the in the arena of the uh, the over-unders and the, and the spreads and, and betting uh, and, and doing a little bit more gambling than the uh, fantasy football? Yeah, that's still my uh, – that's still my primary uh... – like my day job, if you want to call it that. Still the baby, huh? Yeah, although I haven't had much time for that here in the last month, that's for sure. College um, football or but it was, NFL? To answer your question, though, the last I saw, the line was five on the Colts. It is five now. Okay, five. Well, that's what I had pegged it at. I, I thought they would overperform uh, the Vegas line, so it has moved up quite a bit, uh, one and a half games just for the preseason. Well, I'm going to throw something out there just out of goofiness, I guess. Uh, who scores more fantasy points, Cedric Benson or Ben Jarvis Green Ellis this year? Um, I would probably prefer Cedric Benson. Um, I'm probably in the minority, though, judging by draft boards. Oh, you're not? <laughs> okay, I guess. Oh, you mean Mike? You mean your draft board, Mike? Okay, okay. Yeah, no, the the yeah the law firm they're talking about he could be a three down back. Benson they're talking about just a two down back, and that does make a difference, especially when you're a two down back for the Packers who don't run a lot anyway. So they they did go on record and say that Benson is one of their best backs they've had in a long, long time. That's yep. yet to be seen, but uh, 
it is an interesting uh, buy late. If you miss out on the running back, somebody like that, and a McGahee, you know, a couple of aged veterans, uh, yeah. maybe they get, maybe they can carry and, and, and get you in, and you could take that might be able to allow you to take that quarterback or that tight end really early. I've always been the been the guy, and and Chad, you you tell me what what your strategy is here. But let's say that an event like the FFPC, where tight end value is inflated, I've always said that you don't take a quarterback and a tight end the first six picks. Now I know it doesn't hold true for everything, but doesn't it just make it terribly difficult to survive the bye weeks, survive a short season, head to head record, and and survive the injuries if you're taking a quarterback and a tight end early in the first six picks? It's, that's one of the rules. Um, you know, I always get together with my uncle, and, you know, he drafts some teams for me out in Vegas. Um, that was a rule that I've always had in place. Um, if you take a quarterback early, don't take a tight end early, and vice versa. Um, now, that was a lot of that was established before the advent of the FFPC, and that kind of changed everything. Um, I'm more willing to to do that in the FFPC now um, because they are valuable and you can play, you know, two or three of them if you construct your team in such a way. Um, but in a league where, in a traditional league that's not an FFPC league where you play one tight end, I usually don't want to be flexing a tight end. Um, so like an NFFC league where you have, you know, six points a quarterback touchdown, um, usually I find myself pushing back the tight end if I take a good quarterback. Or if I take a, a good tight end, then I usually end up pushing back the quarterback. So. Chad Schroeder is our guest tonight. Chad, are, are there any leagues that stand out to you? You've won a lot of them, obviously, and so they all, I'm sure, sure the prime time and the FFPC main hold a special place for you. But are there any other leagues that just, like, hold a real um, – real interest to you that you're, you're, you really want to take down? I mean, is it all about the money, or are there any leagues in particular that you say, you know what, that's the one I really want this year? Um, I, the, the leagues that I take the most pride in, um, I think the FFTC, um, big, big payback and high society league, those are some of the toughest fields that you can possibly assemble. And, the diamond's pretty close over at the NFFC, but those are some just incredibly challenging leagues. And, uh, you know, if you win that one of those leagues, you earn it. Um, winning a main event is uh, a lot more of a crapshoot, obviously. And, and you know, quite frankly, people think that I'm better than I am at fantasy football because I got lucky and closed a couple of them. You know, it's – there's I, there's uh, several players that I think are a lot better than I am, and many of them reside in the high society and, and big payback. You know, the big payback league. You got like Mike Santos. There's not a better player for my money than than he is. Um, and then you got you know guys Jack like Hahn this year. and Jack Hahn's a great player. It's just endless. I don't want to. I don't want to mention everybody because I don't want to leave anybody out. But yeah, it's just uh, those. So those leagues for me are the ones that I, you hey, know, Chad. will have a little extra juice in my tank for. Hey Chad, have you ever uh, thought about uh, participating in the uh, bare knuckle challenge? Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's after the football game, right? 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah, no, because I usually end up having way too many cocktails during the game to <laughs> do something like that. Well, you know what? Then definitely we're going to get together and we'll do a bare knuckle challenge <laughs> mano a mano. <laughs> it could get ugly. I've heard you on the radio, Mike. So I, I don't know if you should be doing a bare knuckles challenge either. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> uh, Chad, we uh, we all know the FFPC puts on a fantastic event. They've really kind of set the standard. Uh, along with the NFFC, Greg and Tom, they've done a great job now with stats. They've got a couple of years under their belt with those guys. The new draft, the new contest, the FFWC, uh, they had their first draft on Sunday. Our FPA review specialist, Matt Bailey, had nothing but good things to say about their draft on My Fantasy League. Uh, he called the customer hotline. He had uh, They had support on standby. They have less than 200 teams right now for the 200 grand. Talk to me about this contest. Is this something that you're uh, you're thinking about playing in? Yeah, I'm playing in it. Um, you know, I it's uh, I don't want to I don't want to come across as a guy that's like giving them an endorsement because I'm certainly not. And the last thing I ever want anybody to go through is what you know myself and and Kevin Kirby's and Glenn Lowy and others had to deal with and Tony Windus uh, over at the WCOF and many others for a little bit smaller amounts. But, um, so I'm not, you know, it, it's, uh, reminds me a little bit of that. Although I believe it's in, uh, Ian and Emo are uh, much more trustworthy people in my opinion than, than, uh, Dustin and his crew. So all I can say is that I am playing in it. Um, but beyond that, I don't really want to uh, steer anybody to to play or not play. So, well, it's definitely, uh, we've got our eyes on uh, all of the contests in Vegas. Chad, thank you so much for being on Red vs. Blue, man. I appreciate it. I know you're busy. This is a very busy time for you. We got college football tomorrow. Uh, what, what are you you're waking up early and you getting in uh, getting into the sports book or what's happening? I have a lot of drafts tomorrow, so I got to miss the. The first Husker game, um, that's unfortunate, but I'm uh, going to my uncle's place, and we're going to do drafts together and get him uh, oh. up to speed for next weekend. So Can't wait to see Thanks you, man. We will, we will see you in Vegas, my man. Thank you for being Look on Red Blue Short yeah. Notice, and uh, we'll see you in Vegas, buddy. All right. Good, good talking to you, and we'll see you next weekend. All right. That's Chad Schroeder. Mike, it's an absolute joy to always – Talk to Chad. Uh, Again, he he does play it a little bit close to the vest. But these high-stakes guys, I think we've come to realize, look, there's a lot of money on the line, and and, and it's just nice to hear what they have to say this close to Vegas, getting them on here, uh, definitely something we like to do, Mike. Especially this this close to the draft. You know, they don't don't want to, uh, you know, show all the cards. So uh, that's a good thing, man. And that's good. It makes it – Makes it great for the industry, the environment, and uh, everybody involved. All right, Mike. Well, look, we've got five days until Vegas. The crew here in the chat room stuck it out with us all night. Uh, we, we'd love to see you guys out there on Wednesday. Thursday, we've got the uh, appreciation party. We've also got uh, drafts going on just about everywhere you could think of. We've got the, the Sunday parties, uh, drafts all week, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank you for being part of Red versus Blue, Mikey. Good luck to you, Cats, on Sunday. You're going to need it, my man. All right, we'll be ready. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to 
Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time. Doing something mean to it Do it better than anybody you ever seen Do it Screams from the haters Got a nice ring to it I guess every superhero need a same music No one man to have all that power The clock ticking, I just count the hours Stop tripping, I'm tripping off the power Broken, the school closed, the prison's open We ain't got nothing to lose Everybody we rolling uh, Everybody we rolling With some light-skinned girls And some Kelly rolling In this white man world We the ones chosen So good night, cool world I see you in the morning uh, I see you in the morning This is way too much I need a moment No one man to have all that power The clock ticking, I just count the hours You're gonna, you think you're gonna beat me? No, I know I will. How do you think white people always get ahead? Because we cheat all the time. I mean, because they cheat all the time. This is Bill Belichick, coach of the New England Patriots. He's won three Super Bowls. How? He cheated. He even got caught cheating, and nobody cared. Bill Belichick proved that in America it's okay to cheat. As long as you cheat your way to the top. Hey, I don't want to be called a cheater. No, no. If you cheat and fail, you're a cheater. If you cheat and succeed, you're savvy. This is bullshit. I don't want to waste my time learning to cheat. Go ahead. The door's right there. Bye-bye, have fun. We will miss you. How do I reach these kids? How do I reach these kids? Just before the last Super Bowl, Bill Belichick gathered his football players and said, Let's win this one for real. Just this one time. Let's not cheat. You know what happened? They lost. Even if you feel all eyes are upon you, you cannot give up on cheating. Or else you can lose the biggest game of your lives. <laughs> 